And I believe we are excited to be here again this morning. Amen. 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 God has started a, a beautiful work within our lives personally and within this ministry. So we are moving from strength to strength and glory to glory. Amen. 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 And we had a great time yesterday. Uh, we we getting there and we started phase two yesterday in terms of our new space where we will be worshipping. So it will be much bigger than this. And God is faithful to us. I love the scripture Nehemiah. Nehemiah uh, uh, speaks about the people having a mind to work. So, so I love that scripture so much. Uh, Pastor Day spoke to me yesterday and said to me, this is what it's all about. This is how it has been in the book of Acts, where people, the, where, where, where the church was a community that came together and said, we are here to build the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. And I'm so excited to continue today with our faith series. Amen. We had a good time this last two, two weeks. Uh, speaking about faith, Pastor Day started speaking about Jesus responding to faith that has action. Not faith that, that only where we hope things will be, but faith that will have action as well. And then the following week I spoke about uh, the process for strong faith. And I'm continuing with the process for strong faith. And last week I spoke under the subject... Uh, 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 separation i spoke under the subject separation regarding the process for strong faith now when we say process the word process means a series of events to produce a result does it make sense in, in context of what we are speaking of when we say the process for strong faith it means a series of events to produce a result and then the word we remember we also defined faith last week and we said the word faith in Greek is pistis which means a moral conviction of God's truth and belief with the predominant idea of trust in God in other words we said that faith means belief and complete trust in God and his word so that's what we spoke about as well when we defined faith. So we are going to speak again. We are going to read our basis scripture for the process for strong faith. And that is in Romans chapter 4. So can you just turn to Romans chapter 4. We will be reading from verse 16 to verse 22. Romans 4 from verse 16 to verse 22. Okay, Romans 4 from verse 16 to 22. Just say amen if you have it. Amen. Okay, uh, the word of God says, and I'm reading from the ESV. The word of God says in Romans chapter 4 from verse 16. Paul speaks and he says, that is why it depends on faith. In order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his Offspring, speaking about Abraham, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. 
in the presence of God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope he believed against hope and he should be, that he should become the father of many nations as he had been told. So shall your offspring be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his, considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about 300 years old, or concerning the, or, or since he was about 300 years old, or when he considered the, bar, the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No unbelief made him waver, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promise. Other translations will say that God was able to perform what he had promised. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. God bless the reading of his word. So I said we are speaking this morning under the subject, the process, which is a series of events. The process in other words, it will sound like this, a series of events to develop your faith. So the process for strong faith, and we are speaking about frustration today. But I want to recap on Abraham's separation first. I want, to, I want us to recap on Abraham's separation first that we spoke about last week. So... We, we spoke on the separation of Abraham. We said that this is the first encounter that you need for God to strengthen your faith. We said separation is the very first encounter that God will use in order for him to strengthen your faith. And it may seem easy when we hear the word separation, especially in our culture, where it has become easily for us, where it becomes easy for us to just separate ourselves from good things and cling to bad things. But this is a very important factor and it is not as easy as we think. So the first encounter that God always uses is separation in the process for strong faith. And we pointed out regarding uh, servants that God called last week, like David, Noah, and all those guys. We spoke about how God separated them first before God can use them in ministry. So it is also one of the most important kingdom keys or principles God will instill in us in our Christian walk. Separation. Because when we refer to separation, we are not usually, we, we, we don't really talk about complete social isolation. So God is not asking us to be monks, <laughs> to go into a mountain and to stay there and to separate ourselves. In fact, there are Christian monks, because the only time when we hear monk, we think about karate movies. No, there are actually Christian monks who separated themselves from society in order for them to live a holier life because they believe that that will eliminate a lot of temptation. Mm -hmm. 
if they isolate themselves in that manner. So, so the separation that we are speaking here is not complete social isolation. But we said it is consecration and solitude. That's what we spoke about last week. Consecration and solitude. And when we speak about the word consecration, it means to declare or make holy, which ultimately means to be set apart. Separation. And then we spoke about the word solitude as well. And we said solitude is the state of being alone. In other words, is having the character. Remember, we spoke a little bit about character last week. Having the character to make decisions that will benefit your personal life. And not the lives of those who are around you, who is leading you into a pathway of unrighteousness. So in other words, we said that, that this choice will be beneficial to you in terms of your character. So, so, so solitude in this regard means character to leave certain circles and cultures to follow and see God. And therefore, for our relationship with God to grow stronger in faith, we must go through separation. You see, you, you, you have to have the courage to leave behind what God is calling you from. That's what we said. Abraham had to leave behind what God was calling him from. And he had to go where God was calling him to. So, so this separation is very important in terms of your journey of faith with God. To separate yourself from the past and to follow where God is taking you. Very important kingdom principle or kingdom key that we spoke about last week. That God called Abraham to separation twice. He first called him in Ur and then after that he called him in Herod to separate himself from his kindred and his cultures. And you see with Abraham's second call to leave Herod God made him a promise. And now we are getting to what we are speaking about today in terms of frustration. When Abraham's call in Haran came again, God made Abraham a promise. Genesis 12 verse 2 says, God speaks to Abraham and he says to him, listen to this. After he said to him, leave. He says to him, if you leave, when you leave, I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. So that you will be a blessing. I'm going to ask us just to, for the children, just to be a little bit more so uh, in terms of those who are watching online. Please. Um, so, so, so God speaks to Abraham. And he says to Abraham, I'm going to make you a great nation. But I will also bless you and make your name great. This is a promise that God gives unto Abraham. You see, God declared to Abraham a promise. And the word in that promise that was used 
is. In fact, God used it twice. He said, first, I will make of you a great nation. And then he said to him, I will make your name great. So the word that he used there twice was great. And the word great in Hebrew is Godel, which means growth and importance. So God said to Abraham, not only will I make, not only will I cause you to have children, but generation shall spring forth from your seed. Growth. And then in other words, he also said to him, not only will I do that, but I will cause you to be an important part in the blessing to the nations. You see, when God said to Abraham, I will make of you a great nation, he referred to growth and expansion. When God said to Abraham, I will make your name great, he referred to the importance of the blessing. It would ultimately be Jesus Christ. And we will be blessed through Abraham. Now, all of this sounds beautiful and exciting. I will make of you a great nation. I will make your name great. It sounds beautiful and exciting. Other translations says, God said to Abraham, I will make you famous. <laughs> exciting. However, Abraham's reality during the promise was Genesis 11 verse 30. Genesis 11 verse 29 to 30 says, and Abraham and Naoh took wives, referring to his brother. The name of Abraham's wife was Sarai, and the name of Naoh's wife, Milcah, and the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah and Iscah. Listen to Genesis 11 verse 30. Now Sarai was barren. She had no child. So God speaks to Abraham, and he says, I will make of you a great nation and i will make your your name great sounds exciting something to look forward to but the reality is that sarah is barren she has no child in fact the word barren it means that you you will not be able to have children but god promises this man not only a child, but generations while his wife is barren. And the question is, is God being rational in this situation? Because his wife is barren, God knows about it. Is God being sarcastic in this situation? Is he being irrational? What type of reasoning is this? Is this even logic? that you would promise me a great nation while my wife is barren. Are you making a mockery out of my situation? For these are all questions that we ourselves ask in the presence of God who gives life to the dead. The one who calls those things which do not exist into existence. 
And though we know God is capable of that, I guarantee you, all of us go through that moment in life where we ask, is this even rational? <laughs> where is the logic in what you are telling me? You, you, you struggle with your health and God is saying to you, I will heal you and you will be a testimony to nations. And the first thing you ask, is this even rational? God speaks through people, prophetic words into your life, saying that I will make your name great. You will be a blessing unto others. And the first thing we ask is, is this even rational? I guarantee you, no matter how spiritual you are, there comes a point in your life where you deal with the challenge that will make you ask the question, are you rational about this God? You see, we, we ask that question in the presence of Him who caused those things which are not as though they were. And, and when I say that, Paul himself speaking about knew the power of God's spoken word. He knew that he refers to the one who said in the beginning. He said, let there be light and there was light. So he's the one who's capable of speaking and then he becomes. And this is where our faith becomes questionable. Because most of the time, our minds cannot fathom this principle. Because mentally we were conditioned that if it's not rational, God cannot do it. Yes. Mentally we were conditioned like that. In, in fact, where we live in the day and age of science, it becomes even worse. If it's not scientific, it's not God. And that's what they have been doing to us mentally. Taking, our, taking away our faith. Saying that it should be logic. No, no wonder they, they remove God from schools. Because to the scientific world, it is not rational to believe in someone you cannot see. You see, if, if it doesn't fit the standard of our human reasoning, the enemy says to us, it cannot happen. Hence, some people still question the virgin birth of Mary. Because it's not rational. How can this be? What? The Spirit of God came upon her and all of a sudden she's pregnant. No, 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 no. Biology says something else. It is not rational that something like that can happen. But Paul says, yes, according to our human standard and thinking, it is not rational. However, he calls those things which are not. It doesn't fit our human criteria of reasoning. But God calls those things that are not into existence. And therefore, a lot of questions on documentaries are asked. How could 
the Red Sea split. <laughs> How can water be turned into blood? However, when we want to have a good time, we believe that alcohol, that water can be turned into wine. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do not believe that the water can split or the water in Egypt could become blood. However, when we are to have a good time, uh, water can become wine. Then we have all the faith in the world. <laughs> the hypocrisy. You see, belief system is an important thing when it comes to developing your faith. And therefore, I always say, whoever teaches you faith channels and conditions you mentally in terms of your faith. You will believe according to what you have been taught. If the belief system is no one, God cannot do it unless a doctor does it. That's how your life will be. Therefore, belief system is important. See, if you believe that God calls those things which are not as if though they were, you start praying differently. <laughs> you start meditating differently. Because now you speak His word. Because whatever He said, so shall it be. You start praying differently and you meditate differently. In fact, let me tell you something. God made Abraham this promise in Genesis 12. When Abraham got the promise while his wife was buried, that I will make of you a great nation. Abraham was 75 years old. <laughs> You are 75 years old. You can read that in Genesis 12 verse 4. But this is the beauty. The promise was fulfilled when Abraham was 100 years old. So between the promise and the fulfillment, there was 25 years of frustration. <laughs> there was 25 years of frustration. And if you don't believe me, you can go and read further. Genesis chapter 15. Abraham speaking to God and saying to God, You have promised me offspring. However, my wife is better. You said to me I will become a great nation. However, I have no children yet. Between 75 and 100, there was frustration. And there was questions. And I'm saying to us this morning that whatever God has promised you, between the promise and the fulfillment, there will be frustration. If you renew your mind, I'm telling you now, and you get that part, you will know how to react in terms of doubt. Between 75 and 100 years old, there was frustration. Which brings me to the point that faith does not only cut time. 
but faith also works in taking its time. <laughs> you see, because we all, all we do is we believe God to cut time. Lord, because of my frustration, I need you to do this for me now. But there will be some situations in your life that God will say, I will not do it for you now because this will help you develop strong faith. There will be some situations that he will change for you in a second or in a minute. But then there will be some situations that will be taking 25 years. Instead of minutes and months, it might take years. Some breakthroughs does not only come in seconds, but some come in years. And therefore, listen to Paul. Immediately after Romans chapter 4, when he spoke about Abraham's faith, listen to what he says in, in Romans chapter 5. He starts in verse 1, he says this. Therefore, since we have been justified by... Since we have been justified by... We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Then he says, through him we have also obtained access by by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And listen to this. This is the part that I love in verse 3. He says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. Knowing that suffering, now he speaks process. Knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And then Paul says in verse 5, and hope does not, does not put us to shame. In other translations it will say, and hope does not disappoint. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Paul speaks about process for strong faith. Your biggest challenge in what God has promised you will come during your waiting period. Your waiting period. And I'm not referring here to waiting on the Lord while doing nothing. Because <laughs> you see, sometimes we get so excited, those who wait upon the Lord, and then we find ourselves just waiting and waiting while doing nothing. I'm not referring to that because remember what Pastor Day said, Jesus responds to, Faith that has action. So, so while you wait, you do something. You keep yourself. But in fact, while Abraham was waiting, he was doing something. <laughs> and I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> you see, it's very important while you wait that you, you meditate on the promise. But you also do something that you work while you wait. Because you will become impatient at some point during that waiting period. You will become frustrated at some point. See, during this time, you can do what Abraham did at first. 
in Genesis 15. Now you have two options. You have two choices. During your period between 75 and 100. Between the promise and the fulfillment. You have a choice when that frustration hits. You are going to do either one of these two. Abraham, in Genesis chapter 15, I said, he expressed his frustration of not having offspring. He knew the promise, but was frustrated that he had not inherited it yet. And what did he do? He expressed himself to God. And then, something else happened in Genesis chapter 16. Sarai, which later would be Sarah, decided since we have been waiting between 75 and 100 already i am frustrated and we are going to do something about what he has promised us and she says i have an employee from egypt called hagar and hagar will bear children on behalf of us you see, you have two choices during your frustration period. It's either you will express yourself to God in prayer and says, Lord, I am honest, I am frustrated. Amen. And what did God do after Abraham expressed himself? He, 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 he spoke to him about the covenant again. Yes. He repeated covenant to Abraham saying, do not worry. In fact, he took him out the second time and he said to him, come. He says, look at the stars. Yes. <laughs> He says, look at the dust. He says, so shall your descendants be. I'm saying, you have an option to pray and to speak to God about your frustration and to express it. And God will repeat His covenant to you. Or you have an option. You will do this if you don't do that. Sure. Find my employee and let me help God sure. in His promise. Because I cannot wait any longer. Either you will pray about it and believe God, or you will try to help God and step out of His will. Because I guarantee you, if you read Genesis chapter 16, you will see it was nice in the beginning when she thought about the whole process, but later on she got angry at the same servant because she had children on behalf of her. And she said, leave. I'm saying to you, if you want to help God with whatever He spoke to you, later on you will be frustrated again. So your frustration will push you to do one of the two. You will either express yourself and find re reaffirmation from God, or you will decide I'm going to help Him and make the situation worse. Which brings me to a point. You see, faith is knowing that whatever God has promised you is able to perform, says the Apostle Paul. Faith is understanding that God has never left you during the process. During 25 and 100, He has never left you. Faith is believing that He will 
come through for you anyway that the fulfillment of the promise will happen because God cannot lie. (laughs) Whatever He has promised, He will bring to pass. He cannot lie. And faith is taking Him upon His word and believing that whatever He said to you will come to pass, no matter the circumstances. So you don't take a gun and put it to your head and say, let me help God. You wait until the fulfillment of the promise comes. Faith is not giving up when our clocks doesn't respond to the clock of God. Because it's easy for us to say, His time is not my time and my time is not. It's easy for us to say that until we get frustrated. Let me speed up the process. I can't wait any longer. So faith is about your clock corresponding with His. And it becomes one. You wait on God's timing. For whatever He has promised, He will bring to pass. You, you do not allow frustration to push you into making temporary decisions that will kill you long term. For no matter how frustrated you have become, you do what faith means. You take God upon His word and you trust Him during the process. So whatever His word, I I always love what Miles Monroe used to say in his teachings. He says, since we are in the kingdom and our kingdom is not of this world, we have a different constitution. He says, and this is our constitution. And whatever is written in here, we take him upon that. And I'm concluding today by saying, whatever God has promised you, he he will perform. Maybe we should get more excited about that. Whatever God has promised you. You see, that's our mental conditioning. The enemy still says to us, ah, maybe Pastor Chef, ah, I'm saying to you, according to our constitution, whatever God has promised you, He will perform. I'm saying to you, that whatever He has promised us, He will perform. I'm not going to wait for God to give us a building to speak about faith. Then it is not faith. Do not wait for God. Do not wait to be healed. And then you say, I had faith. It's not faith. Do not wait for God to open doors for you financially and to bless you financially. And then afterwards, you tell the whole world about God. Then it's not faith. Do not wait for God to fix things for you first in your house, whether it's your children, whether it's your marriage, whatever it is. And then you are puffed up with pride and speaking about faith. I'm saying faith is the substance of things helpful, the evidence of things not seen. So if you can see, then it's not faith. Because faith is the evidence of things not seen. Come to a place that I will show you, Abraham. 
So during your frustration, have faith. Complete trust in what he has said to you and where he's taking you. Take God upon his word.